0: Hey, Robert. Hey, Jen. What are you listening to this week? Welcome to What Are You Listening To This Week, the weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite songs. Some old, some new, all good. I'm Jen Tully, and this week I'm joined by Robert Neff, scientist, guitarist, rock music expert, and one of my all-time favorite people to talk music with. Also, did you know that now on Spotify, you can listen to the show with the songs we discuss incorporated? Just search for what are you listening to with music? If you're not listening on Spotify, be sure to give the playlist a listen and then tune into our conversation. With that, let's get started. Robert, what are you listening to this week?
1: This week I'm listening to Angel by Jimi Hendrix and Zane.
0: Well, I have to tell you when I saw this as one of your picks, I was a little bit um a, a little bit surprised not by the Jimi Hendrix, like I, we've talked about this before. I think that you um hold an honorary PhD in Jimi Hendrix if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, but the Zane part threw me. So tell me how you um how you chose this song.
1: So this song came out on Black Friday. So it was just released uh, two Fridays ago from when we're recording this. And I got this was a collision of my worlds. Um, my da- I have two teenage daughters that are into One Direction and Harry Styles and Zane and Five Sauce. As and they
0: should be. Yes. Yes. Good girls because you've and trained and them right. So I've
1: been I've been <laughs> exposed to Zane through them. And Jimmy and Jimi Hendrix would have been eighty last weekend. Um, We lost him at 27, but uh, they called it a posthumous collaboration on the email I got from one of my guitar um, emails. And uh, I was like, what is a, what the heck is a posthumous collaboration? Um, But they, um, you know, to commemorate Jimmy's 80th birthday and they, and also like, you know, Janie Hendrix, Jimmy Hendrix, Baby sister, who was baby stepsister, or I'm sorry, his half sister, who was okay. eight or nine when he died, has controlled and run the Jimi Hendrix brand and estate for 27 years, and she's done a great job with that, keeping him in the forefront. And they it sounds like they got Zane to to sing new a new vocal track on the original master of uh, the the song "Angel" by Jimi Hendrix.
0: I love it. What do you think of his vocals? I mean, I think that he sounds really good. I mean, I would never go so far, maybe, as to say it's better than the original because I don't know that you get better than Jimi Hendrix. But from a vocal perspective, I mean, Zane kind of delivers, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, The, uh, you know, I was blown away by it. So, that song was a posthumous release by Jimi Hendrix too. So that was the first album that came out after he died called Mm -hmm. the cry love. And that was one of the best songs on there, but these were all unfinished things when he died. And at the time and in history, people have, you know, really dogged the cry love and um, rainbow bridge, the ones that came out, you know, the first couple after he died. And you don't know if, if it, it was up to Jimmy's standard and, Jimmy was, you know, one of the most important electric guitar players in history. He wasn't one of the most important vocalists in history.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. And <laughs> and
1: I was so excited and it's like, man, you know Zane can sing. Um, so I was excited for it and I found out about it about a week before. I shared it with the girls. They got hyped. We were all excited for it. So that was the best part about Black Friday was was that song that it was
0: this song. Yeah. And
1: um but when I first heard it and you know, I don't know Zane that well, but that first 20 seconds I was like it sounds like Chris Stapleton
0: yeah it it sounded so good I couldn't believe it I was really kind of I mean (laughs) everyone who's ever listened to the show knows really like the only one direction member that matters for me is Harry I'm like (laughs) the rest of the band I'm like bye it's all about Harry for me but when I heard this I was like wow same exact reaction I was like I had no idea that his voice was that was that strong. I think that he sounded so good. And I love that that this song was featured too. We've only had one other Jimi Hendrix song on the show so far, which is surprising to me. When I was looking back, I'm like, for almost 30 episodes to only have one Hendrix song, that's crazy. But when I had um, Taylor Ravenna on, she also remembered she likes Hendrix and listened with her dad a lot. And so we featured um, May This Be Love on that episode. But I was so happy to have this song because I think it's I think people that are I think it's like you said; it's like a nice merging of worlds, right? Like whether you're a Hendrix fan or you're a Zane fan, I would say to anybody: if you're a, a Zane fan and you don't think you like Jimi Hendrix, listen. And if you're a Jimi Hendrix fan and you don't think you like Zane, listen. Right?
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And um, the his vocal performance—I mean, he hit it out of the park. It was it was fantastic, and that's a that's a really strong song. And and like I said, you know, Jimi. Um, You know, it was a, it was a good vocal performance by him, but it was just really cool. And it must have been really cool for Zane too, to, to, you know, be able to, it's like they took the original master and they faded Jimmy down and said, okay, Zane, you go, you know, and, and, um, and that was really cool. And, you know, and, and like I said, you know, right now Zane's, you know, top five, three of those would have over a billion streams. So I really hope this gets this angel gets its wings and and uh I would I would be super happy if if uh you know this this got you know just lots of people to to experience it. I th- I thought it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, moving on then, because we are, I I don't think we announced this at the top of the show, but we are going to talk about five songs this episode because you brought so many amazing tunes um, and some of them were crossover for me that we just had to, um, we had to round out the year with kind of five favorite rock songs from the year. So tell me about your second pick.
1: Okay. So for my second pick, I chose Knife Through Butterfly Heart, which is... Um, one of my favorite tracks off the new Cult album that was just released um, in October. And um, I didn't have a radar on my radar that they were releasing a new album, but it's, it's really good.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, whenever I heard there was a new The Cult album coming, I was like, I, I think for people of a certain age, <laughs> The Cult holds like so many um, special places, right? Like, I think that they were... Super MTV darlings um, in the heyday of MTV. So anytime I think of the cult, I can't help but conjure like Ian Asbury and his like white suit and turban look from the (laughs) she sells sanctuary video you know or that firewoman video that felt like it was on like constant repeat you know um so when i heard they had a new album coming i was like what's this gonna be like and i love it i love this album tell me what you think about it
1: so so it's so good um you know the you know it's it's so hard to imagine, but the cult Love came out in nineteen eighty five and wow. um that one's really held the test of time and uh you know feel like and that's truly one of my top ten albums of of all time if I had to pick ten um so and I'm I a huge thought, cult fan
0: I always thought that was their first album, and you you set me straight on that, right That's love is not the cult's first album, right?
1: Well, I was reading about it um the release and they they, you know they they said they were getting back to the roots of their first two albums and i could tell from the conversation that they weren't including electric and to me i always thought love was their debut album or if i knew this i'd forgotten it but they actually released; it was the first love was the first u.s release but they had a full album in 84 called dreamland that was just a uk release and now it's on spotify and all that and you can listen to it but um You know, Dreamland is really good too. So I've been, you know, um, you know, listening to Dream, or I'm sorry, it's Dreamtime. I've been listening Mm -hmm. to Dreamtime and the new one. (laughs) It's like it's like I got two new albums. Their first one, (laughs) you know, spread by almost forty years, right?
0: Well, and they so. sound different though, right? Like I, I kind of did that just as an experiment. I went back and re-listened to the Love album, which, you know, again, I think that's what most people think of when they think of the cult. They think of either Firewoman or She Sells Sanctuary, which again, both great songs. And if if you're a younger listener and you're not familiar with the cult, go back, do some digging. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, But I feel like this album, um, Under the Midnight Sun, the new album that features the song uh, Knife Through Butterfly Heart, it feels like a grown-up version of the band, right? Like It sounded different to me than the Love album, lyrically, musically, vocally. Like It sounded like they'd evolved. They'd grown up a little.
1: Oh, absolutely. And um, when I played that, when I played that song for Carissa, you know, she was like, it's, it's very theatric. She said she could imagine that that song was playing at the end of the movie as the movie credits roll. And you're, you're shedding a tear and, you know, yeah. it's, it's so epic. And his, he's, uh, he can still sing. Good. Yes. Night. He's he is such a good singer. I, you know, I, 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 on my notes, I put hashtag butter, hashtag epic. <laughs> it's, it's, we don't have these big, You know, power. I wouldn't call it a ballad, but we don't have these big, dramatic. They're not as popular, and you know we've been seeing song times even go down. Remember, it's like song times used to be limited by, by you know, the radios wanting them to be less than three minutes, and then CDs came out, and you know everybody could do whatever they wanted and then now it's it's going back down i think because of our attention spans maybe
0: <laughs> right know? well and vinyl so, too we talked about this right like people are kind of getting back to vinyl and so then you have to think about like an a side and a b side and you have like technical limitations on how long you can make songs
1: yes i love that i mean you're limited to 22 minutes a side and i think that's i, th- I think that's a good trend too because you know we're of the album generation and and i love um when it feels like an album, you know, for newer material. Me too. And this call album does for sure. And, you know, I, I think it's, you know, when, when CDs came out, all of a sudden everyone could, you know, play for 70 minutes and maybe they felt like they had to, you know, like right. if they only put out a, a, you know, a 40 minute release, people would be like, you could have, you, you know, you could have given us, you know, 30 more minutes, you know? Right. And I think, I I think because vinyl's hot enough and people are thinking of that format, it's 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 making it to where musicians don't feel like they have to release an hour's worth of music, and they're now waiting until they have eight ten songs instead of just releasing little i I don't like when artists just release one song every month for like four months or whatever that that drives me nuts.
0: You want the whole thing, and I think for this one too, like this album as a whole works really well for me um I think that that's something that the cult is good at as well you know like sometimes you'll, you'll get an album you know, whenever Matt and Sam are the guys that host Super Awesome Mix and I talk we often talk about no skip albums you know like how hard those are to find an album that you just want to listen to beginning to end and I feel like this Under the Midnight Sun album and the cult love album are both two albums that are really no skip like I just want to hear all every song from beginning to end and I want to experience the you know the entire Ian Asbury experience from you know all the time, all day long. I just think he he got the memo on how to be a proper front man, right? Like (laughs) that's what I love about him. That's one of the things I love about this band. And again, for those of you that didn't grow up in the in the era when MTV showed music videos go back and listen to the albums for a music education and then go back and watch the videos for a good laugh.
1: <laughs> you <Yes, laughs> don't yes. hold up really well. <laughs> and, 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 you know, another reason I chose this one is i you know, I think besides just the entire band, um, you know, I, Billy Duffy's just way over, over, yeah. way underrated as a guitar player. And, um, you know, the, the, it's just got an epic guitar solo. And, um, you know, you you know, I, I want more and more guitar solos in, in modern music. So it was really great <laughs> to hear that. And, and this, this fits right in with the epic songs from Pink Floyd and Zeppelin. It was really, really good. And, uh, you know, Billy Duffy's guitar tones are, are just crazy. And one, one little, um, f- you know, funny part about it. I love how it like fades out at the end.
0: Yeah. And then they're and like, oh, 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 wait,
1: wait. Billy's not done yet. And then it, it, it fades back. In. <laughs> it's it's really... so
0: cool though. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because I love that about this song. It might be my favorite thing about it. You think it's over and then it, but it never like all the way dies. Yeah. Like they do said, the slow fade kind of... and they're
1: like, nah, nah, we're not done yet. And yes. Then that, that was like, that, that was, that was pretty cool.
0: I totally agreed. I thought that was like a baller choice too. I'm like, oh, you know you're a badass when you can do that. So <laughs> you can keep them hanging on.
1: Yes. And and the cult, you know, they're you know, they do not have the popularity in the last ten or twenty years. And they have they have released a handful of albums in the last fifteen years. And and I've enjoyed them all. But if you were a big fan of the cult, you know, back in their heyday, love, electric, sonic temple, um, yeah and hadn't thought of them for a while, give this a chance. It just came out in October and it's, it's, it's a, it's a strong album.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, speaking of strong albums um, and Carissa, I think let's mention Chris is your wife. Who's also a music fan. Um, And I believe your third pick was inspired by her or it came from her. Is that right? Tell me what your song was.
1: Yes. So um, this was the newest uh, band and song uh, for me. That, that I chose. Um, it's Fontaine's DC, the song's Roman Holiday.
0: Yes. Now Fontaine's DC, I'm telling you, these guys I think are going to be huge and they're already big. I mean, they, this album, um, Roman holidays from the skinty skinty Fia album, um, released on in April of this year. But I think that I, you know, they've been nominated for NME, like best band in the world awards. like I think 2020, 2022, like, I think these guys are going to be huge 2023. I feel like that's their year.
1: Yes, and so how so how I found out about this? I read a just a little one page article about them in one of my guitar magazines, and you know made a note that this is something I want to check out. And I hadn't checked it out yet. And Chris and I were playing cards, and this stream just came in randomly to what we were listening to. And she's like, "Oh my gosh, I love I love this song. I love these guys." You know, and I'm like, "Who is it? Fontaines D.C." And I'm like, "Oh, I remember you know reading about them." And the song is. For me, the reason I love that song so much is, I don't know if they did it intentionally or accidentally, but when I hear that song, I get a flood of all the goodness from the Manchester, Madchester scene, and you know, it's like you get a flood of all your great memories of the Stone Roses and Happy Mondays and the Cure and the Charlatans and Blur and the Smiths, all of it. And it just it speaks to that so well as a new release. And like I said, I don't know if they were intentionally trying to go after that, that sound like if they're huge fans of that, or it's just too similar if you were part of that. So, you know, I was 20 when Nevermind came out and the Blood Sugar Sex Magic by the Chili Peppers. And I was also newly dating Carissa and as grunge was exploding i was totally on the grunge train but i was totally having fun with the madchester stone yeah. roses blur you know happy mondays all that fun stuff the cure you know chris is a huge smiths fan and it, you know so it 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 was really it's a, it's really uh, interesting song it's a it's a good driving song
0: yeah well, and I feel like, too, you summed it up perfectly, right? Like, this feels like a merge of, like, grunge and Manchester scene, right? Like, that that's what this band sounds like to me. And I wrote a note as well, in addition to, like, calling out, like, Stone Roses and Blur and all the similarities there, they also kind of sounded like an Irish oasis, right? Like, I got a little bit of oasis in there, too, which I love. Um, And they are an Irish band, they were formed in 2017. And I was curious, just because it's such an interesting name, and I knew they were Irish, I was like, what does that even mean? So they were named after the character Johnny Fontaine from The Godfather. And then I guess they learned that there was another band in Los Angeles called the Fontaines, and so they added the initials DC, um, which stand for Dublin City because they're Irish. And oh, from cool, cool. Yeah, so it's it's the character from The Godfather um, that I think originally like they wanted Frank Sinatra to play the Johnny Fontaine. He ended up declining, but like it was a you know a singer, and I think he was the godson to Vito Corleone or something like that. Oh, so they no. pulled their name from that and then went to. And then out of the D.C. for Dublin City when they found out there was already another band called the Fontaines. But I feel like, you know, this song, like, for sure, open the lyrics on this one. It is worth, like, reading through those. (laughs) Yes. This band, like, kiss the Blarney Stone for sure. Like, they have the gift of gab, and they know how to turn a phrase. Um, You know, even, like, this, the Skinty Fia, the name of the album is, like, an Irish swear. Like, I guess one of the old, um, one of the band members, like, his great aunt, used to say it, like, as, like, if she dropped something, (laughs) you know, like, oh, Skinty Fia. It's, like, I think it, like, literal translation is, like, damnation of the deer or something weird. So when you see the cover art, there's a deer that on the, too. <laughs> so I was like, I'm like, and, what does this mean?
1: And then just, just the, can you feel it part of the song and the um, you know, the mix is so good that the, they draw it out. Like I said, it feels like a, a song that you would want to put on a, a long drive, long drive form, you know, mixtape and the, uh, the, the guitar, the guitar was really good. I was surprised, um, you know, at the level of the guitar playing too.
0: Well, yeah, musically, I felt like they were really, I mean, again, I always have to default to the real musicians, not just me being a music fan, but technically they sounded really strong to me. They sounded tight. They sounded together. They sounded pro- like more, well, well above proficient in their instruments. What did you think about them just as a band?
1: Yeah, the, 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 the playing is fantastic and, you know, the, the um, like I was saying, if they were, if they were purposely trying to capture that, that, you know, the sound of those bands we were talking about, they they nailed it. And if, and if they came upon that their own, they've got really good taste.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think they're cool. They sound different than a lot of other bands out there. Like they kind of reminded me of the feeling I had um, when I first heard Wet Leg. You know, I was like, these this band doesn't sound like anything else I'm hearing. And that's what I felt about Fontaine's DC, even though they kind of reference back that older time, they still sound new and fresh to me.
1: Yeah. And, and actually the, the fact that he has, you know, he's Irish and he has that accent that comes up that might make it sound more Manchester. If he didn't have an Irish accent, then maybe you wouldn't feel it as much. But again, I just had this flood of, you know, thinking of all, all the great music, you know, that, that, that seems to reference.
0: yeah well and it's funny too like one more like tidbit is that i think when you dig into like the meaning of they have a great there's a great rolling stone article where they go through this album um i don't know if we said the name of the album that it's on but oh yeah we did the Skinty fia album um where they go through each song and kind of talk about the meaning which of course i love um i love it when artists break down like like behind the music, right? I love mm-hmm. it. Um, and the, a lot of this album and especially this song in particular is about their experience of feeling kind of like outsiders as Irishmen living in London. And they're right. still kind of like, you know, second class citizens there. Like they don't like there's there's a lot of jeering and poking fun at the Irish um in London. And so it's funny to me that they sound so much like that Manchester scene and still are like rebelling against, you know, this sort of like we're not we're not a colony anymore. Like, right. Know, we're, right. We're Irish and we're proud and we're going to do what we do. So, um, but it
1: was know, funny. But, um, you know, when I, when I read that they were Irish to me, it sounded, you know, I, I can't tell the difference. I wasn't thinking of, of you two. I was thinking of, you know, charlatans UK. or stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I, no,
0: well, they sound I, I nothing like UK. you too.
1: <laughs> right. No, yeah. right.
0: <laughs> they sound nothing like you 2 if, if your only association of Irish band is U2 or even like a Mumford and Sons, they don't sound anything like that either. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> um.
1: That was part one of Jen's interview with Robert Neff. Tune in next week to hear Jen's picks and the rest of the interview.